The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest on the show this week is a comedy singer-songwriter whose six albums of material have been featured on the BBC, The Dr. Demento Show, and NPR. She will be touring through the Northeast this winter, and you can check out her song, Stupefied by Maladies, Defying Diagnosis, on the compilation album, Madam Opus, Funny Songs by Funny Women, that was released earlier this month. You can also check out her latest live album, Live from Fumpfest at her website, CarlaU.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Carla Ulbrich is on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Carla. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, I, I'm thrilled to have you because of all the guests we have on our show in you know the two and a half years or so we've done this, I think you are our first really straight up comedy musician. And I think this is an area that I think a lot of our indie artist listeners could pursue as a potential field. I think, you know, people love these kind of musicians. I, th- I love, always love uh, when I get to see a comedy musician at a gig. It's always such a great time. And so I'm glad we have you on to sort of talk about what that life is like for you. But let's start at the beginning. What drew you into the comedy genre for music? Is this something that you've set out to do fairly early on in your music career? Or did you kind of just fall into it? I think I sort of fell into it. What I did was I started out singing these very earnest, serious songs and hanging out in the folk world. And I accidentally wrote a funny song. I was, what I was doing was telling these morbid, singing these morbid, depressing songs about how badly all my relationships were going. And then in between, I would tell these funny stories. And I was doing that one time at a, private party and the guy looks at me and goes you should turn that story into a song and it had never occurred to me until then that these funny stories could be songs and I told the story so many times that I just sat down and boom just knocked out the song really quickly because you when you tell a story over and over you've already honed all where the funny parts are and where the good parts are and what to emphasize so all I had to do was make it rhyme and I had a song and that was my first funny songs called love connection and it was a story about seeing someone i knew on a dating show whoa, whoa. <laughs> know, right? okay let me just put the uh let me just put the questions i have about your music career aside for 30 seconds because i want to probe this a little bit more because i can't imagine anything more mortifying than just somebody you're dating and then you just see him up there just yucking it up with chuck woolery take us to that moment what was that like for you Well, full disclosure, the show was actually called Matchmaker, but I can't rhyme that with anything. (laughs) So, and nobody's heard of it. So I made it Love Connection just because everybody's heard of Love Connection, but otherwise it's completely true. And that was one of these things where the host was actually blindfolded and was matching people based on their answers. So he would hear the three guys talk. And then he would decide for the woman which one of those three guys was most appropriate. And the guy who I had gone out with was up there and he thought he was all hot stuff and everything. (laughs) Flipping his hair and, 
you know, he was a guitar player and long hair, he's flipping his hair and he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm so cool. <laughs> and basically the host was like, next. Oh, no. <laughs> he just eliminated himself with his attitude. So it was actually quite amusing. I, I wasn't wasn't mortified at all seeing him. I was amused. I was a, I was shocked. I'm like, I can't believe I'm seeing this because it was two o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> at the time I used to play, uh, I was in college, I was getting my degree in classical guitar and my neighbors in my apartments would complain about my guitar playing no matter how quietly I played. And I played like eight hours a day, but they wouldn't complain about my television. So I'd turn on the television and then play a little bit quieter than the television. That worked really well. <laughs> but that's how you wind up seeing things like matchmaker and wind up seeing some guy that you went out with once or twice, uh, you know, on this obscure dating show. It's because you're up late and you only have the TV on to cover up your playing scales. Completely understandable. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you're rooting for him to lose in that spot, right? I'd like to say that I'm better than that, but yeah, I was rooting for him to lose. <laughs> well, um, you know, yet yet uh, one in a, in a string of many successes for you in your music career. Um, I, I'd like to talk a bit about the process of sort of, you know, getting out there into the world as a comedy musician. Do you find that when you're doing comedic songs regularly, do you have to take a different approach when it comes to booking gigs for yourself? Are you reaching out to the same venues that other artists would? Are there other venues that perhaps other artists might not have because you can sort of go into the comedy space as well as the music space? I think it's actually helpful to stand out. And for a long time, I booked myself as a funny folky because I played acoustic guitar and I still had some serious songs, but I was the funny folky and people like to laugh. Crazy, I know, yeah. but they like to be entertained <laughs> and, they, and laughing feels good and it's memorable. So uh, what did I not answer about your question? Or so, sort of like what venues you can reach out to as a comedic oh. musician. Like when you knock on the door of a traditional music club, are they excited at the prospect of a comedic musician or are you like, no, we want serious musicians here that play serious, sad songs. Like that happens occasionally, very occasionally. It's a bigger problem in England. When you say traditional, <laughs> when, you, when you say traditional, I mean, literally traditional, there's this schism in the folk world between what they call trad, short for traditional folk, and uh, singer-songwriters. The singer-songwriters, a while, 20 year, 25 years ago, apparently, invaded the world of folk and Folk Alliance and NERFA, which is the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance. The singer-songwriters came and invaded what Folk Alliance was originally designed to preserve traditional music and dance, which would be like Appalachian stuff or, you know, Native American stuff, Irish stuff, traditional stuff that's been passed on from generation to generation. And the singer-songwriters invaded the world of Folk Alliance and all of the regional Folk Alliances and all of the venues that are found via folk alliance or loosely attached or might be affiliated with or should be affiliated with. And it's been singer-songwriter world. When you say folk, 
people often think singer songwriter instead of thinking, you know, Appalachian. That's true. Yeah, that's a good good point. It it really changed things. So I hang out in the folk world a lot because that's really where I belong when I first showed up. Because by then the singer songwriters had invaded folk and folk and singer songwriter were one and the same. And if you wanted to get in a long, drawn out and possibly heated argument. Uh, you could ask the god awful question, "What is folk?" <laughs> Good way to get flamed on a message group or whatever those just, groups it's are intense. called. Intense. You you bring out just the most violent people on the internet, I'm sure, <laughs> or the most violent tendencies in the nicest people. <laughs> just, uh, when I sort of close my eyes and think of the people I tend to see envision at folk festivals, the idea of this, them just having an angry, vociferous argument about what folk is is just quite amusing to me. <laughs> We could do that. I've, I've been in a long, ridiculous argument. I just actually was a bystander about whether it was okay or not to rest your pinky on the soundboard of the guitar when you were playing. Oh my. <laughs> and I remember sort of astrally projecting at one point, thinking, God, what if aliens came and were observing us right now and they thought, this is what they talk about? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... I, I I'm thrilled that we have a funny person like you on that's made a career out of this. But And whenever I get to talk to funny people, I, I come to find that their humor often comes from a place of adversity, that they go through tough times and then those tough times sort of get transmogrified into seeing the humor in it. Um, so, and, and you're no stranger to that cause you've gone through quite a bit of adversity in your own life. Do you find that for you, does the humor in your music, does it come despite the adversity you've gone through or does that adversity fuel your funny? Well, that's a really great question. Uh, and maybe some of both, yeah. but I, I think that it, I think that it fuels it. I think the best comedy comes from pain and frustration and, when you have health challenges, as I have, well, now you've just got a big pot of comedy gold and all the frustration you could ever ask for. It's not just the illness, but the healthcare system. It's like, oh, the gift that keeps on giving. Another thing to write about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Thank you, comedy gods. That's, that's right. You should be grateful. <laughs> well, and that's... God. Well, I, I can tell you, like that's inspiring because I think a lot of indie artists they all share sort of at least some version of their own adversity, and, and you know it's not going to be perhaps the health issues you've gone through, but there's folks that you know every artist sort of has their own cross to bear, big and small. And so I think if you go and you check out some of her music and you read about her biography, listeners, you're really going to see what it means to overcome adversity, and it should inspire you to overcome adversity in your own career. And I want to talk now about the latest sort of artistic endeavor that you've uh, put together here, That an album that I've thoroughly enjoyed. It's a compilation album called Madam Opus, and I love this album because it has you on it, but it also has past Break the Business podcast guests, Mary Amber and the Double Clicks, who I also adore, and it's, it's just a bunch of really funny, talented musician, comedian women uh, doing some great art. Uh, what's it like to, sh to have shared an album with so many funny and talented women? I am thrilled to be on this album. I only wish that we'd actually all met in person to make it together so that I could have enjoyed all of their company. There, there's some really funny stuff on here. Uh, I have to also caveat, I didn't put this project together. 
that this was put together by the Fump, the Funny Music Project, and I'm just one of the artists on the project. I don't have the uh, organizational skills and <laughs> stick to itness, perhaps, that it would take to put this many artists together on an album, and plus the graphic design skills and all that. Uh, but so, so just to give credit where credit is due, it was uh, put together. This is the brainchild of really mostly one guy, uh, T- Tom Rockwell, the founder of The Fump, the Funny Music Project at thefump.com. He's really the driving force behind this project. And I'm just amazed at how great a job he does at so many things and keeping The Fump together and getting this project together. And the X that he was able to get for the CD. Yeah, really fantastic it, stuff. It, it's a great album. It, it's so funny, and there's but there's still so much musical talent in uh, all the women, yourself included, that are featured on this album. And speaking of very funny albums, you also have a live album out now, live from Fump Fest, that people can find at your website, CarlaU.com. Let me ask you, Carla, about getting into musical comedy, if some of the listeners are interested in this. Um Let's say you have an artist who's, you know, right now who's really talented, has a great sense of humor and and can write funny songs. What are sort of the first steps that they should do if they want to pursue that route for their music career? The first steps to getting their funny songs out there? Yeah. Okay. And this assumes they already have a career going? True enough. Yeah, yeah. That they made okay. they made some impact and like you they want to transition into this particular genre that you're in. Well, things are not the neat little pigeonholes that they are made out to be when we talk about them. There's no reason, if you're playing, for example, folk venues or rock venues, that you can't slip your funny songs into your set. There's there's no reason that those can't be worked in there. There are a lot of acts who have one or two funny songs and they just use them for comic relief. I used to watch David Wilcox do that all the time. He probably still does. I just haven't seen him in a while. He, he does mostly serious songs and then uses the funny ones as palate cleansers. I, of course, respect funny songs for their own right, not just being something to wait for the real thing. Um, but some of my favorite things to do as far as playing is to find a place that already has an audience. Don't we all love that to not have to bring your own audience? And some of those places are like libraries, which have concert series. And when you're trying to sell something, I like to sell a concept instead of just selling my name all the time. You know, so if I can sell a concept, like we have a show coming up, that's three funny folkies and we're I think we're calling it funny song night and then our names I used to have one that I ran down in Atlanta when I lived down there we called it partly funny with a chance of fame and that (laughs) would would be actually that's that's my advice to these people who have a few funny songs and want to transition put on a theme show find people who also have three or four or five funny songs and do an in the round show and make it a concept show and just hold it. You can you can make a you can get if you belong to a church like a, especially if it's a Unitarian church, you're pretty open to this sort of thing. Just ask if you can use the sanctuary or the fellowship hall, and set up your own concert and charge 
five, 10, 15 bucks and get your three or four artists in the round and call it something, something like something, not partly funny with a chance of fame, but something like that. Exactly. Well, that sounds like a really good way to make sure that the right kind of audience is coming to see this kind of music. That's fantastic insight. Carla, this has been such a treat talking to you and learning more about this particular genre of music and the work that you do in it. Before we let you go, last question that we ask everybody around here, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? I do. And I promised Tom I would mention that Madame Opus is at Bandcamp. I forgot to mention that. So that album is at Bandcamp. And last tips for the audience, for your artists. And God bless you, artist. I truly feel your struggle because I've been doing this for 20-something years. Focus on your art. It is, there are so many places, so many rabbit holes that you can get pulled down That'll suck all your time and attention and creativity. If you try to have a profile on every social media site that there is out there and you're trying to keep up with Instagram and post six times a day and Facebook and post six times a day and your Facebook artist page and post with and then Twitter and everything, you can wind up having no time to actually write. So I'm not saying don't do social media, but I'm saying do the art first. Make that your first thing every day. And make it the most important thing because the art sustains you and the art is the reason that you're doing all this other stuff. It's, it's the whole purpose. It's the whole path you're on. Try to never lose sight that the art is what matters and the art feeds your soul. So well put. Uh, Carla Ulbrich, everybody. Check her out at her website, CarlaU.com. Check out her her new song on the Madam Opus album, and I just love saying this title, Stupefied by Maladies, Defying Diagnosis. If you're a Mary Poppins fan, you'll particularly enjoy this song. I'm not going to tell you why. You'll have to listen to the song for yourself to find out. And you can check out Carla's live album, Live from Fump Fest, at her website. Carla, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.